You are listening to Grit and Grace, where I'm sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you and bringing stories to you of the most amazing women that are crushing it in business and in life. My name is Tomberly, and I'm a social impact entrepreneur, where I help businesses grow their community impact and their bottom line through their partnerships with nonprofit organizations. I'm also the founder of Tomberly's Tribe, a brand new group of female experts that from all different fields are helping women grow to their highest level of potential. Join us on this journey by downloading the Himalaya app, which is free, and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. Welcome to my show. Today we're talking with Jordan Bernard. She is a family nurse practitioner, board certified through the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. Though trained as a nurse practitioner, her passion is empowering healthcare providers to discover what is possible in their business and in their personal life, and to develop the confidence to go after what they want and find the resources to achieve those goals. She loves helping businesses um, business owners strategically set up or reform their practice in a way that serves them, their patients, and supporting staff members so everyone gets to live the life that they want, do what they love, and execute their impact. In addition to her work in business development, she hosts a monthly coffee and convos while healthcare professionals come together and engage in purposeful conversations around making healthcare better together. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks for having me. I stumbled a little bit there. There was a couple of words where I'm like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) my mouth said something different than my brain saw. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, But welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, I'm going to tell our listeners that we had a conversation previously, we'll call it a a pre-podcast, where we actually attempted to record a podcast and it didn't save in the right file that was workable, whatever the reasons happened. And in the meantime, a lot has changed in your life since then till now. So I'm going to just say that that gave us a chance to get to know each other a little better. I love it. Yeah, um, because I do feel like we had a really good conversation, so I know a lot about what you do, so I'm really excited to hear about all of the changes coming your way. So tell us a little bit about, go back to the beginning and start with the, you know, your nurse practitioner training and what got you into that field to start with. Gotcha. So yeah, I started as a ER tech many, many years ago, um, working my way through nursing school. When I got out of nursing school, I went into the emergency room. And I mostly went into it because it was the hardest job that I could think of. And I'm always one for a challenge. Mm, why is the tech job hard? It's being in the emergency room. Oh, being in the emergency room. It yeah. was the it was the, the where you were practicing. And I went straight from nursing school into the ER, which oh. isn't super common, oh. but I already had a job there. So okay. it was just more of a challenge. And what that mm. actually created was I got super burned out because mm. I wasn't quite prepared for what I was doing. Um, in the meantime, I was going to nurse practitioner school. I went straight through. Um, and then once I graduated from there, I decided to go ahead and go into primary care. Um, and I did that for a little while, but honestly, it just wasn't fulfilling. And I just knew that I needed to do something that was a little bit more holistic and a little better for the patients overall. So I had the opportunity whenever I moved here three years ago uh, to get into more of an integrative or a functional medicine approach with some uh, other healthcare providers. And so that's been a really great experience. And I've done that for the last three years. And that's kind of gotten me to where I am now. Um, I kind of figured out a year ago that even though I was doing what I should be doing as a nurse practitioner, and I was seeing patients and I had, and I actually had a successful business that I was um, managing and running, I was still kind of unfulfilled because Mm. I was having to see the patients. So I got to run the business. 
So a year ago, I kind of made this shift of stepping back and I looked at what's truly going to make me happy. Mm. And if I get to just run the business or empower other healthcare providers to do what they want, that's what I would want to do every single day. So this whole transition has been me getting out of patient care and into more of a coaching consulting role, which is where I'm actually most happy. It's interesting that you say that because there's a couple of words I want to highlight there. Number one is should, um, what you should be doing. And number two is identifying the fact that there's a sliver in what you do, an all-encompassing of what you've done that you really loved. And so you recognize that all the other stuff you didn't love, which is okay because we all can fill different roles in different businesses. I mean, there's a lot of people that would not want to deal day-to-day with patients for whatever that reason might be, but you tried it, you did it, you knew that that wasn't right for you, but you knew that this other area was where you got the most fulfillment. And I love that. And so then let's talk about this, what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't there this, it's funny because you when you finish a degree or you do a lot of schooling or education in a certain field, you finish it and you think, okay, this is what I've invested so much of my life into. <laughs> I should be doing this. But alas, yes, <laughs> is that was that kind of That's the feeling? exactly where I was. Yeah, I was in that should. And I have um, have you ever taken the Enneagram? Mm-hmm. What are you? I'm a three. OK, I'm an eight. So I'm an achiever with a loyalist. So once I oh. get on something, I'm stuck. So it's been a process of self-development of allowing myself to kind of let go of the shoulds and really kind of grasp onto the wants. Mm. Yeah, I know several threes and we've had conversations about that. I mean, I like the loyalist side of a three because it shows dedication and commitment, but it can also be done at your own self-detriment. Oh, absolutely. And that's pretty much how I spent my adulthood. (laughs) Yeah. So at this point, though, you've figured that out. You want to let that go and you're going to move forward helping other healthcare practitioners kind of do what you're doing, which is pursue what works best for them. Absolutely. And we, of course, need to talk about what type of health practitioners you're referring to, because I know that we are really talking a lot about integrative therapy and holistic medicine. And um, let's go into that a little bit. Why and how is that important to you? Um, Integrative medicine is important to me because my vision for the world is that we all live in an authentic community where we're passionate about what what we're doing. We are feeling valued about what we do, and we know that we're providing value to our clients. Um, and then also having all the abundant resources needed to make our impact. And so I think one of the really great ways to do that is by integrating healthcare so our patients get the best that medicine has to offer, but then also healthcare providers also get the support. And so that's why I'm really interested in kind of the integrative or the functional health field. But I work primarily with um, physicians, nurse practitioners, PAs, so licensed healthcare providers, because one, that's my background and that's what I know. And two, they're also either achievers or loyalists or helpers, and they kind of get stuck in their silos of what they should be doing. And so I have that background of having helping to walk them out of that and into what they're passionate about. Because, but isn't isn't what you're talking about too partly related to the regulations and rules regarding their licensing? And and there's a topic we won't talk about because it's not applicable in those fields. But there is a topic that's very prevalent in the healthcare field that is very difficult for people to pursue their passion in that area if they are licensed and they cannot. Mm-hmm. So are there barriers to what they can and can't pursue? So if you are a licensed, a licensed health practitioner, does that mean, or nurse practitioner, does that mean you cannot 
uh, I want to say practice or endorse certain holistic types of medicine because of your licensing? Sometimes, yes. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that we have to st- take a step back and decide what's truly important to you and what's going to fulfill you as a person. And then we work around that. Um, in the state of Colorado, I haven't hit that issue because nurse practitioners practice independently. Um, I think it might be an issue in some of the other states where we're a little bit more restricted in our licensing on what we can and cannot do. Um, for example, mm-hmm. in, in Colorado, like I can own my own business. I don't have physician oversight necessarily. So it's pretty free. But in a lot of the other states, like the southern states, then there's much less opportunity. Right. Because along with part of being able to own your own business in that field is, I mean, you need to be able to write prescriptions. You need to be able to treat illnesses that don't require emergency uh, medical attention. And you could treat that because of your knowledge. You can treat that in a variety of ways. You can go the traditional way, which is more holistic and or there are is still a space in there where you might you know, use more Eastern medicine, um, which mm-hmm. is a drug possibly, <laughs> but there are other methods available to you, which I don't think is really a, the norm in most health practitioners right now, mm-hmm. but I would love to see that be the case. I would too. And there's always a way, there's always an answer. So even if you are, let's say a nurse practitioner and you want to own your own business, then that's what we look at. And we would almost, I don't want to say like forego your training, but under your business, you would be the business owner and then you would hire, you know, a physician or whoever you needed in that respect. Mm-hmm. But we have to figure out what, what you value and what's going to fulfill you first. And then we go after that. So let's, let's talk about what classifies integrative therapy or holistic medicine. Differentiate that between traditional medicine because it's still a lot of people still don't know any different than going to their doctor or to their clinic or to the hospital for acute things. So you know, let's flip the tables a little bit and talk about what what medicine can be mm-hmm. that is about sustaining the health of our body from the beginning. Yeah. So there are specific definitions for all of the terms. Mm. I view integrative medicine as uh, healthcare providers that have that do different things that have chosen to work together, whether that's under one roof or just under one umbrella. Mm. Um, and there are integrative there or integrative clinics that are out there that everybody's under one roof and they don't work together. And I don't consider that an integrative. That's more of like a co-working space. Well, and isn't a lot of approaches to cancer right now integrative in the sense that they will have. Um, somebody that deals with sleep issues, um, psychologists, they'll have the, of course, they'll have the the chemo specialist and the cancer specialist, but they could also build people in like massage therapy or nutritionist. That Mm -hmm. is integrative in the sense that you're bringing a bunch of different modalities into one place to deal with the patient's overall picture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that it necessarily, necessarily has to be one location, Yeah. but it's people choosing to work together for the good of the patient. And is it possible for that type of information about a one patient to be shared across different offices? I mean, I feel like HIPAA laws are so tight that it makes it difficult to share. It can be info. very cumbersome. Um, and it it perpetuates the feeling of like practicing in a silo for physicians mm-hmm. because you have to decide like, do I take this time out of my day and out of my schedule where I have billable hours to go and track down this patient information? Or do I just do what I know how to do and leave the rest up to someone else and kind of kick it off? Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah. Um, and I remember, so I'll, I'll give you a few examples. When my kids were little, we went to a homeopath for many years. And my children didn't take antibiotics for 
a really long time, like the majority of their childhood. I just treated it naturally. And I remember somebody telling me once that that is like, that is not, you know, taking care of their health. You're taking risk. It could damage their ears, you know, when they had ear infections or, you know, that fever is risky. And in my son's case, it was risky because he had seizures. So when he would get a high fever, he could potentially have a seizure. So there was some risk in there. But there was at some point when I realized, well, wait a minute here. Our bodies are really amazing. And their bodies started to, I add, I gave them, you know, I'll call, I call it the bonuses, like the right food or the right homeopathic type of medicine that would help bolster their system to deal with those issues. But I didn't use drugs to kill the issues. And it was a really interesting time because I had to create files myself to take from the holistic providers to my medical providers because with my son having, you know, seizure disorders and that issues that he had health wise, you know, I was also treating him, you know, naturopathically. So I had to like, I actually had to ask them to make me a copy of the files to take them back and forth. So I carried them. I took mm-hmm. his files and they released them. They allowed me to do that because I chose to, but I, there would have been no way for them to communicate. No. And I would say my story is probably similar. I have a three-year-old and he doesn't have a doctor. Like, we go and we see the naturopath and we go see the chiropractor, but even they don't talk to one another. Yeah. So, so are there places out there? So the, actually let's correct that the places out there that are treating humans as humans in a, you know, a holistic way. These are the target companies that you are going to be able to work with and help them really dive into their passion and identify the areas that they might want to bring in or develop even further. Absolutely. And we always start with the mindset of the practitioner themselves and then build that out through their business because the business is a reflection of you and your intrinsic values. So we have to know what those are. Uh, And a lot of times it's getting the the providers from the what I should be doing to what I want to be doing. That's the mindset coach. That's the coaching part right there. And they just feel like they should have, you know, a traditional medicine practice or they should model what's easy and what's working. And I think that we're lacking innovation when we allow that to perpetuate. Mm -hmm. The other story I think that you and I talked about before is I told you that I've had a number of fairly significant surgeries. One of them resulted in some very serious complications um, following a lumpectomy in in one of my breasts. And then following that, I developed um, a lump in my, on my, one of my glands and my lymph system was clearly in trouble. And the solution at the time with my medical doctors was let's go get another biopsy. And I actually intuitively know knew it's time to put the brakes on mm-hmm. like it's, it's literally time to put the brakes on and we need to figure out like I just felt like this this is all makes sense my body still needs to heal like there's all these processes and so I, I was honest with my family doctor and I, I won't I won't call her out but if anybody wants to know a good family doctor that actually will be and, and you have a list I'm sure too if you want to know someone that's going to be able to look at all of the different angles she sent me to a traditional Chinese doctor and she said I feel like you need to have a different type of process on evaluating why your lymph system is not functioning well. And so she sent me to somebody else. And it was the five months of my life of treatment that fixed all of the issues that I've been having since the time I had a first major surgery, which was probably 30 years before. So it was a really incredible experience for me. And I, I really respect the fact that my doctor took the time to listen to me. She wouldn't have referred me that way if I wouldn't have gone in. And, and basically I'm saying no. Nope. <laughs> you're not taking any more biopsies. You're not taking any more of my body parts. You can't have any more of me. <laughs> I'm not doing that. What are my options? And But I because I went in with that attitude, I think she knew that this was going to be a good solution for me. So 
I believe that you probably have access to a lot of those doctors. And I have interviewed an amazing woman on the show. I don't know if you listened to Dr. Karen Dunst. Um, and we talked about um, a lot of the same issues because she left her medical practice to pursue functional medicine for women. And she's not located in the state, but she does work remotely. And I think that this this type of care is what a lot of people want. Absolutely. And I think that they just want their doctors to listen to them and treat them as human beings. Mm. And doctors feel like they have to have the answer to everything and they have to take care of all of it. And it's all on their shoulders. And that's not actually the truth. That's the story that they've been told, but that's not how they have to practice and live their lives. And so when you feel like you have to take everything on by yourself, then it's really isolating. And then the more you get isolated, then the less you're going to be able to listen and be present for your patients. And I know that your your business is not um, patient-focused moving forward, but I do still want to really acknowledge the wealth of knowledge and experience that you have that could help patients find a direction. Um, do, is there a resource out there that people that really want to find a doctor that's willing to take an integrative approach, is there? are they able to find them? Is there one space where you can go and find a list? Because the problem is a lot of these doctors might not be covered by insurance. Is this correct? That is correct, yeah. yeah. Insurance adds adds barriers. We'll say it that way mm-hmm. um, to patient care, and they're not necessary. The insurance companies aren't necessarily looking for what's the best method. It's what's most reasonable and I dare say cheapest. Um, but I would say if patients are looking for someone who does functional medicine, then the Institute for Functional Medicine has a directory, and you can search by state. And location. And so all of those physicians have at least gone through some functional medicine training. And so they do get the whole picture. As far as resources locally that incorporate not only functional medicine doctors, but we'll say like integrative massage therapists or acupuncturists, I don't have a good resource for that, but that would be an excellent project. Yeah. I feel like somebody needs to start a like a, a, a website that lists all the places that are doing all the different things because it's really hard to find. Absolutely. I mean, you can, you can go to, you know, do a Google search and um, find something, but that isn't necessarily a resource to understand, you know, the different categories of, you know, what part of that. I mean, because if I think about something like a chiropractor, there you, it's easy to find a chiropractor, but it's not easy to find a chiropractor that also works with an acupuncturist, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And they don't usually, I mean, I would say most chiropractors have people that they work with, but they don't mm. publish that information. Mm. So that would be a good idea for them to do because mm. it would re- increase referrals all around. So maybe we need to drive that as consumers. I think so. We need to go in and say to our chiropractors, like, listen, we want your website to reflect what partners you recommend, because if you already like the chiropractor you're seeing, you want to trust, you're going to trust who they recommend in other areas. Absolutely. And it just adds to transparency. Is there, so I have a question, is there competition between integrative health practitioners, meaning would a chiropractor feel like they didn't want to refer somebody else to, let's say acupuncture or massage, because they feel like the available dollars the consumer might have to invest in that one therapy would be taken away if they started a different therapy. Absolutely. And that's a ton of what I do with my, my coaching is getting pushing through that mindset because usually it's just a limiting belief on the provider's part. Um, So we all have basically two core belief systems. We have our foundational belief, which is kind of where all the good fruit in our lives come from. And then we have our negative belief system, which is where all the kind of the bad limitations come from. 
And a lot of providers are, myself included, we function, we were, I, I was functioning out of that limiting belief system, which mine just happens to be that life isn't fair and I have to work harder than everybody else to get the same amount and it's never enough. So that's, that was driving my practice for a long time until I kind of stepped back and decided I need a different story. And so I help other providers get that new story. So then they don't believe that there's all that scarcity because there really is enough to go around. There are enough resources. Mm-hmm. It's just how do you value yourself and value others around you? So do you feel like this is going to be a major change in your life? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if you see this coaching going into any other fields outside of you know just the health practitioner's field. You're coaching, that is. It absolutely can. Um, so I am affiliated with a company called Revenue Tribe, and they actually like uh, trained me to be the facilitator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their work is utilized in every um, industry. It's very interesting that all of the facilitators have kind of chosen a different area. Interesting. So there really isn't any competition. There's just support. Mm-hmm. And my field is healthcare because I want to see re- healthcare radically change. That's my my goal. Is I want to change healthcare. So that's what I focus on. It's really interesting you say that. I'm sure you heard me talk um, previously about interviewing a few women that are running for elected positions. And I will tell you that this election in 2020 is going to be a big one for sure in so many ways. But everybody seems to have at the top of their list um, healthcare for all or change the healthcare system. But I, I haven't really ever heard anybody dive into how they see that going to be. I just think everybody knows that there needs to be better options. And I think that pay for pay as you go healthcare is, especially when it comes to holistic healthcare, it it might be the poss- it might be the option. Mm-hmm. It is it's a it definitely is a viable option. Most patients may not see it that way, but it really is. If you take out some insurance, if you're not paying thousands of dollars every month for insurance that you're not using, then you have those funds for healthcare providers who are actually going to make you healthier in the long run. So it is an investment, but it's it's doable. Because I think the one thing that always concerns people is not having catastrophic insurance. So if there was a cheaper way to have catastrophic, you know, healthcare insurance and then be able to invest the dollars you would spend on, you know, monthly maintenance, whatever you want to call it, regular healthcare insurance. If you could invest that into a more holistic approach, gosh, that just that seems to me like that makes sense. It does. And it gives the power back to the consumer. Mm -hmm. And I also think there's a lot of countries in the world that already use these types of systems. They already use types of integrative types of medicine to address the whole human and they find way better success. And there aren't these big, massive healthcare bills and crises that happen like we have here. Absolutely. What I've noticed in, and I don't know if it's like this in other countries, but especially in the United States, you have kind of two schools, if you will. So you have your integrative therapy practitioners that are on one side of the fence, and then you have conventional medicine that's on the other side and kind of over by themselves. So the integrative therapies, we've talked about some of the barriers of Mm -hmm. uh, communicating with patients, but they at least all know that they're in the same camp. And then you have your other physicians or nurse practitioners, people in conventional medicine that are on the other side, and they're just kind of over there by themselves. And I think that's really sad because it is a very important piece of the structure. But don't you think that there's a, a piece of the the puzzle that's missing is having our the the medical community, especially the traditional cha- trained medical community, start to maybe shift their focus a little bit and 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 have a more 
open mindset to other ways to heal the body, right? There's, it's funny, I watch a lot of documentaries and there's a lot of documentaries out on these topics. And I think that, you know, we are so driven, the medical system is so driven by the pharmaceutical industry that I, I struggle sometimes seeing whether or not the information that we're given or I'm given is truthful versus how, is this being driven by the fact that the pharmaceutical industry is driving 95% of what doctors are telling us? Absolutely. And it's a lot to do with the doctors don't have time to keep up with all of the research that's coming out. And so they're relying on people to give them information. And then it's that kind of utilization or that communication that's not always an accurate picture of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And it certainly isn't holistic. It's biased. Yeah, I uh, I have a, a good example of this. I have a, a good friend of mine that is um, very much overweight and unhealthy, doesn't exercise, doesn't eat well, has none of those healthy things going for her by choice. And you know, she was recently diagnosed with an inf- inflammation type of disease. And of course, the first thing is drugs and drugs and drugs. And then a year later, they started her on a type of chemotherapy to address the inflammation issue. Now, the inflammation issue is real. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but I, I just wonder, in one of the documentaries I watched, I saw an individual actually be able to function with their inflammation disease, like their whatever it might be, through their change of diet and exercise. Like literally just diet alone within three months was a massive impact. And I don't mean diet as in like go on a diet. I just mean what you eat because people, they hear that, they think, oh, that you're just, you mean that they need to lose weight and they need to eat certain foods. No, I mean, looking at food as the source of repair in your body, as opposed to the medicine, like food can be medicine. Absolutely. It just doesn't happen overnight. That's the problem is we're, we're impatient. Like we want it, we want Advil effectiveness when we eat a broccoli and it doesn't happen. (laughs) It doesn't, but it's so much better long-term and it's cheaper for the system long term, and everybody feels better when they're eating that, um, you know, plant-based diet mm-hmm. that's anti-inflammatory. I see that all the time. Yeah, it's it's really hard though. There's that's we're you know you and I we live in a country where this is not where everybody goes to. And in fact, people are listening to this. They might think, oh, I'm not ever going to give up my four cokes that I have a day. And you know, I I get it. You know, like we we are ingrained to think a certain way, but. Um, when it comes to disease or dis-ease in our body, I do think that our first stop should be looking at ways that we can adjust how we are feeding and fueling our body first and foremost. Absolutely. And a lot of the disconnect comes in the medical school education because they don't get the education on the nutrition factor. So they don't feel confident in relaying that information to patients once they get out. Alternatively, they get a lot of information on what drugs to write. Or prescriptions. The thing is, is that you would have to live in a cave right now to not know that. The thing is, right? Like, I'm not a medical professional, yet I know this stuff. How many people out there actually do not know that what you eat is a determinant of how your body is functioning? There's no excuse to not know that now. So I know you look, you're, you're so nice. You're like giving the, the <laughs> medical community a pass. You're saying, okay, well, this is how they're trained. This is what they're told. I get that. But I also think they're humans and we don't live in caves. You know, we have access to information all the time. If they know that there's something out there that they don't know, why are we not looking at it when you're holding people's lives in your hand? Absolutely. And I'm certainly not giving them a pass, okay, but that is, hear. <laughs> that is and how I it is. That, I, I no, it's all good. I didn't mean that harsh. I just meant that I knew where you were coming from, but yeah. I think that there's a solution to that, that they can be proactive. They absolutely can. And 
the way I see it is once physicians get out and into their jobs, they are completely disempowered mm. because they're in the corporations. And so you have these physicians mm. that aren't living their passion or at least aren't treating patients the way they want to, but they're being told this is how you have to do it. Fall in line. Don't make, don't make problems and you'll get paid basically. So it's really sad. Yeah. That's, that actually is very sad. And I, I just realized what you're saying. I mean, you're talking hospitals, you're talking large clinics. I'm ta- have- yeah, I'm talking about the physicians themselves. Instead of seeing yeah. it as an industry, yeah. they're people just like us. And I, I know it firsthand, and so it hits really close to home mm-hmm. because my husband's a fourth-year med student, and I've seen the changes in him. And it's mm-hmm. really, really tough to see. Yeah. Because he's constantly kind of beaten down emotionally in a way of, just do as you're told. This is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. Don't step outside the line and just do as you told, do as you're told basically. And you'll be fine versus, you know, if you're innovative or do something different, well then you might get in trouble or you might get sued or you might this or that. Right. Um, those, and those are real issues. The other real issue is, you know, your husband's going to finish med school with a massive bill and you know, that means that a lot of doctors, I was, you know, I was having this conversation about the dental industry, but the amount of doctors that come out of school with massive significant loans that then are required to go and work for the corporations that will pay off those, pay off those bills, you know, that's a real juxtaposition to be in. It is. And it's, it weighs on my husband every day. Mm. And that's a big driver of why I've stepped into doing what I know I want to do. To hopefully provide those resources so he has a little bit of freedom once he gets out. Because, yeah, it's not cheap at all. That's a true team approach right there. Thank you. I like it. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me. Tell people, so if anybody's in the healthcare industry and they want to know more about your coaching practice or they know somebody that wants the kind of support that you can provide them to really help them find their passion and build in extra knowledge and joy in their life in yes. the industry, how can they find you? Uh, My website is executingimpact.com. I am also on Facebook and Instagram at Jordan Bernard NP. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And my last question for you is what is your percentage of grit and grace? Realistically, it's 90, 10, but I'm trying to get it a little, I'm trying to be a little bit more graceful for myself. (laughs) That's because you're in, you're in the midst of change. You're growing a new business, a new direction of your business. You're going through a lot of, you know, sort of additional, um, expectations for yourself. So when we do that, sometimes we just get more gritty. Yeah. And I would definitely love to leave your listeners with one last thing. Yes, please. Imagine that your physician or your nurse practitioner or PA, whoever is passionate about what they do and you show up and they are real people and they are on fire and they listen to you and they sit down and they talk to you and they take care of you and how that would affect your life and your health. And then that would affect your family's lives and their health. And then the community that's that's my vision for the world. I love that. Thank, Thank you. you. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much for listening. And don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all the exciting things that are happening because we're going to be bringing you new stuff on the Himalaya app, which is only going to be available there at different times as it comes out. So thank you again for listening. And I want to tell you one special thing about Himalaya. As a social impact entrepreneur, one thing I appreciate about them the most is that they are not only focused on you as the listener and what matters to you, but they allow you to support your favorite podcasters and we totally feel your love. So thank you very much. 
Studio provided by Be Creative Media and a Learning Lab in Lakewood. This amazing video is provided by Janine at Tailwind Media. Podcast notes and editorial provided by the Podcast Maven and my friend Les helps with all the post-production. And if you're looking for information on any of this amazing tribe of people that help bring you the show, let me know and I'll be happy to get you their information. And you can find me, I'm Taver Lee, and all that I do with Taver Lee's tribe or at Corporate Cause Agency at Taver. That's T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E.com.